You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not so grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life. Uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind Podcast. Welcome to In the Key of Change Chats. Today's chat is with Chase Atlantic from Vans Warp Tour. Let's give it a listen because it's time for a change. This is Jackie and I'm here with Chase Atlantic. We are on my very last stop at Warp Tour. You guys are coming up on the very end. More importantly, coming up on a day off. What keeps you going on these? Like, no, you don't even have a day off? We no day off. No, 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 no. We're going straight to Chicago for Lord's Loser. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, you guys are kind of like festival experts, I feel, at this point, between Bonnaroo and Firefly. I feel like, yeah, I feel like this festival has made us festival yeah. experts. We, yeah. we started festivals two months ago. And we've probably done a million since then. <laughs> I, well, I mean, you've you've played all the really big ones this year, and you're about to play Lollapl- I feel like that checks off like every yeah, festival. Like pretty line. much, we just have to do um, Coachella, Coachella and, and Tomorrowland, Burning Man. Okay, yeah. three. So, so you have goals for next year. That's yeah. that's fine. How do you go about choosing your set list for a festival like Warp Tour versus Lollapalooza? Is it different or is yeah. it the same? Warp Tour is 25 minutes. It's short. Sorry, yeah. guys. It's short and it's. A lot heavier. We go a lot harder with the sets. Yeah, you have to kind of gauge the situation, the environment that you're in, and then you can kind of select what you think will work. Like we had a few different songs at the beginning of the tour, and we kind of switched it up and found out what works the best. Target audience. I mean, if people are going to warp tour, they obviously want more fast-paced, heavier stuff. Whereas if you're playing later at a festival, you can have more relaxed songs. Kind yeah. of have a little. If you have more time, you can kind of get, bring them through the emotions. Yeah, emotions. This is just like 25 minutes. Like here's everything good we so got. Just hit them with it. Yeah, hit them with it. Fast. Hit them with it. I was going to say, as I've, I've seen your lives that you do, you just pack it on, you know, tons of energy. How has Warp Tour prepared you for Lollapalooza and the rest of the year? Warp Tour is like so hands-on. It, we are, we're loading out the trucks at 7 a.m. every morning. We're putting out our own posters. We're hustling. It's in the heat. I don't think it can get much hotter than this. <laughs> um, there's no stage production. We've learned, to, we've learned to have to be entertaining for once on stage. Yeah, no, no lights. No lights. <laughs> no sound check. It's yeah. all, you have 15-minute changeovers instead of 45 to So I feel like this tour has prepared us for anything that life throws at us. <laughs> we're, doing, we're doing the worst of the, the hard work now, so everything should be easier from yeah. here on. That's the goal, right? <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, we're doing something wrong. <laughs> I think it'll be easier. You guys recently released Tidal Wave. How is that an evolution from Metal About? Oh, I mean, it's a fair... It's a fair <laughs> <Same> song. <laughs> <laughs> we just copied the, the formula. 
No, so it's been it's been a few years. It's been between the two songs. So um, we kind of just we had like a little new wave of ideas coming in. It's funny that I say wave, tidal wave, <laughs> coming in like uh, at the very beginning of this year, and we kind of just sat in the studio. We had like a week off or something, and we came up with a few songs and tidal wave of one of those songs, and we thought it would be a good song to kind of introduce the fans to while like kind of transitioning because we're always working on our sound consistently. So we kind of want to transition, but give them something that was still Chase Atlantic-y, but a little bit new school, you know what I mean? It was, um, it was something that we could only release too at the time because of business uh, ventures. And it was just something for the fans that they, they knew about us, and I felt like it was very Chase Atlantic. Music singles are important, but so are just, like, what's your favorite song in the album that you might not release as a single, but it's kind of... Your personal favorite. I mean, we're probably not going to release any of the songs from the album as a single. We've re- we're like constantly working on new music. Um, we have a studio in our bus. So we've made a few new songs on this tour even. When we found the time, which is pretty difficult. But um, yeah, we're constantly just making music. That's like a good sneaky way to get maybe an insight on a new song. The, new, uh, yeah, the, the nothing? New, the, no, the... Potential new album. Are you All of them. Yeah, we work on a lot of music, so we're not going to... We probably won't revisit old stuff. Like, we're just going to release new shit. Yeah. Well, speaking of releasing new music, what role does do music streaming sites like Spotify have when you're thinking about putting out new music, especially if you're not going to put it out as an entire album? They, I mean, when it, when it comes to the songwriting aspect, that doesn't I don't really believe that Spotify or any of that goes into it. But uh, certainly afterwards, I mean, yeah. the impact that these streaming social medias have had to, especially us, you know, it's like the most important thing. It's the most important thing. Thing. Like we definitely when we're making music, we just make whatever we want to make. And then we kind of curate what we think is the best of, of those creations. Yeah. And then we'll, once we release it, like, we'll just gauge the audiences what their favorite. Because it, it always changes. Like, when you first release an album, the most popular song will be different to what the most popular song is now. Yeah. So it's always, always evolving, changing. So you just kind of judge based on it, how it's doing at the time. I think if you go into it as well, trying to focus on specific markets, yeah. like a Spotify market, it just won't be organic. Yeah. So you just have to be no easy with it. I feel like one good thing about Spotify, which is, could also be a bad thing, but good for reading analytics, is Spotify has pretty fast turnaround play counts. You can't see play counts on, on the Apple side of things. And I'm not dissing Apple. I'm, I'm a massive fan of Apple Music. Yeah. I have my subscription. Uh, but uh, I like being able to see how our music is doing and how other people can see how it's doing as well if it's going well if it's going bad I don't want them to see (laughs) is there a way that you can see a correlation between music streams and ticket sales Um, it's 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 closely related but it's also very it's also very different like a lot of people that are digesting music don't necessarily go to a lot of festivals and so I feel like the, the audiences that we're seeing at festivals uh, like a whole different side of the audiences that are listening to our music. Yeah. Because like you meet these people and you see them consistently over and over again. And then the people that are on, on the internet, like they don't see in real life, they're still like, it's like two different worlds, you know what I mean? But they all kind of meet in the middle at some point. And so you've got finishing up Warped Tour, Lollapalooza, and then I think you have a European tour coming up? Yes. Yes. Correct. And a couple mm. of European festivals. Yes. Yes. We're doing that first UK appearance. So lots of festivals, perhaps new music in the future. Stay tuned for much more from Chase Atlantic. This is Jackie. Thanks to Chorus FM and in the key of change. Well, hey, friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. 
For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Again.